You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thank you to everyone listening and watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. There may be more opportunities for you to listen and watch in the future. We will keep you posted on that. But man, we have got a loaded show today. And as you know, I am a Carolina Panthers fan. Huge news in Charlotte today. Matt Rule has been fired. We will discuss that. A lot of different angles with that. Some big picture topics as well. And there was so much that took place in the NFL yesterday that we will cover some of it. We won't be able to get all of it today. We've got a one-hour show, and we try to get to as much as we can. But today's Unpack This Topic is about the the close games that we're seeing week in, week out. And now with the Texans winning, anyone can win at any time. And, And so the league is wide open Going into uh, week five, there were 15 teams at two and two. And and so very competitive across the board. Now, some may may say that the the product isn't as as great because some teams are struggling and there's not a lot of consistency, but it's still early in the season. And so anyway, we're going to we're going to take all of those topics uh, surrounding kind of where we're at through five weeks uh, and then parallel it to the Bible, parallel it to our own lives. And so I think we'll be encouraged uh, by that today. Uh, also, we'll, we'll have a little fun with Tap Drill, as, as we always do. And uh, we'll goof around with a couple different different topics today. But we'll, we'll go NFL heavy, of course. I want to really unpack the Panthers situation. Also, my, my co-host, Luke, he's a Cowboys fan. Cooper Rush keeps winning. And I'm going to make the case that they keep him out there. And then also, what about the Tampa Bay Bucks escaping? They escaped yesterday. Did they get away with a bad call? Luke and I, I think, disagree on that. And so uh, you may be surprised at what side I'm on in regards to the controversial roughing the passer call that allowed the Bucs to hang on and win that game. All right, quick programming note. So next Monday, we will not be doing the live show because it is the seventh annual unpacking it golf tournament presented by strategic planning corporation. And so we will be out on the course uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, around 130 golfers will be playing. And, and so we're there all day long. And, and so we will miss doing this show, but we'll be back the following week uh, live to, uh, to recap a couple of weeks of, of football and everything else going on in the world of sports. Of course, the baseball playoffs going on. I'm not sure how much time we'll, we'll spend on that today because there's just too much NFL to get to. And so uh, before we talk Panthers, one more second, uh, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. 
Uh, MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution. Uh, it's a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And basically, uh, members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. You can visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, so here we go, Luke. I'm convinced the Panthers waited too long, but they made the right decision and they let go of Matt Rule. And, and first off, we care about people here on this show. We care about feelings. We're, we're real people, real, real humans who love Jesus. And even though sometimes sports people become, you know, avatars or fantasy football players become, you know, we, we own these fantasy players and all that kind of thing. And, and we root for certain coaches to be fired. The reality is these guys have kids that are in schools in Charlotte. They've moved their family here. And so Matt Rule, you know, there's a personal side of it. With that put aside, though, we're going to talk from a football standpoint. Woo! Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Finally. Yesterday was so brutal as a Panthers fan to watch not only the Panthers get dominated by a, you know, a decent team, 49ers, man, they'll be in playoff contention. They might even win their division since the Rams, at least till this, until this point, don't look as, as strong as they did last year. And, and at the same time, the Panthers at home, another home game, losing that way in front of a 49ers home crowd. And that's what was so disappointing to me. Both of my brothers were at the game, and to see so much red in the stadium, uh, it, it, it was a sign of major issues in, in Carolina and, and the way the team has been playing. We haven't seen the progress. We haven't seen, you know, just uh, the enthusiasm, the energy, the, the execution. I mean, all the things you want to see. And as we'll talk about later across the NFL, we're seeing any team win any week and we're seeing a lot of tight games yet. The Panthers seem to struggle more than almost anyone in the league to have any kind of consistency. To, to win some of these tight games, to, to do you know the little things that make a difference in winning. And we've seen the Panthers change quarterbacks. We've seen them change coordinators. We've seen Christian McCaffrey out there. We've seen him not out there. And the results have, have pretty much been the same. Loss, 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 loss. And so Matt Rule is out. And I think almost every Panthers fan is thrilled. Uh, personally, I like Steve Wilkes. The man he is, he's a former assistant coach here in Carolina, the, the team that went to the Super Bowl. He was on that staff. Uh, he got a raw deal in Arizona uh, when he was coaching Josh Rosen, who turns out you know, not an NFL quarterback. Uh, and so that was his one season in Arizona, and it didn't work out. But Steve Wilkes will get a chance the rest of the way as an interim coach. I think he's going to re-energize the locker room, and I think we'll see a little burst. I think we'll see, similar to what we saw last year, in Las Vegas with the Raiders with an interim coach uh, getting some momentum going. So that's how I feel. That's where we stand. Uh, Luke, great to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's arguably the best sports month in the year. October is upon us. We are swimming in sports, but today's headline is your Panthers. I have many questions. So first, is it time to blow it up? You know, Ooh. it's 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 been a disaster. I was reading on The Athletic today. The Panthers are basically in the same camp the past few seasons as the Texans, the Jags, the Lions, and the Jets. Typically, those four are the 
perennial. quintessential bottom feeders. But we know we don't want to be those four teams. But the Panthers, ugh, name brand wise, not so much. But on the field production, they've been a bottom feeder. So is the team talented? Is it simply rules got to get out? Or is it, is it time to blow it up? So I'm very hesitant to, to blow the team up. Now, we saw the Miami Dolphins do that where they traded away all their players for draft picks. Everyone. They <laughs> traded everyone. They got rid of everyone. And in some ways, it's worked out. But uh, to me, it's like, unless you've, until they make the playoffs or a playoff run, I'm not going to say that it's worked out because I don't know where the Dolphins are going to go at this point. Things are kind of up in the air with, the, with all the injuries at the 15. But, but as far as trading away McCaffrey or DJ Moore, I know it has kind of blown up on, on that, you know, uh, fans of other teams like the, you know, the Ravens, Hey, trade DJ Moore or teams in, in, in running back McCaffrey. And, and so I understand that conversation, but if I'm the Panthers, I want to see for, first for, let's say four or five games this year. Anyway, let's see if there is a change in execution, attitude, camaraderie. Uh, let's see if Baker Mayfield, ends up playing well now he's gonna be injured he's gonna be out for at least a little while uh so so check that but uh which of course he got injured yesterday so now pj walker so it, the very little hope uh with a with another you know backup quarterback i but love the, the Basaccia take though I, I i love that take that maybe you just need a new guy at the helm like like you said about the raiders maybe you just need some type of you pull out the jumper cables and a just change in leadership is what it takes. From the outside looking in, the Panthers are talented. And especially in a division, you are in a division that is unbelievably winnable. The the best yes. record in the division is 3 and 2 and it's a questionable 3 and 2. No one <laughs> is running away with that division. Bucks. So it's still up for grabs with how disappointing this season's been for your Panthers, who you predicted to win the division. I mean, it's still anyone's division to take. So, yeah, I because you should, I feel, you should feel fine as a Panthers fan today, based on how good the defense has shown they can be. Now, part of the reason the defense has struggled at times, especially maybe in the second half, yesterday kind of got blown out, um, is because the offense never has long drives, and the def or the Panthers defense is always out on the field. And then also a couple injuries have been, you know, Jeremy Chin out. Uh, J.C. Horn got banged yesterday, so that's been part of the issue with some of the uh, maybe the inconsistency at times with defense. But when it's at its best, Brian Burns is one of the top pass rushers in the league, and and so the, to me, across the board on the defensive side, very strong. Steve Wilkes is a defensive guy, and I think the Panthers can remain in games with Wilkes in charge. How about they can do to run the ball with McCaffrey and, and maybe PJ Walker. I don't know. Maybe he'll be all right. Just you, you don't ask him to do a ton. Find DJ Moore and hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. Let's see where that gets you. So that's what I, that's what I want to see, but that's the recipe. So much negativity. That's it. That's the recipe. So there's been so much negativity in Carolina that it, of course it, it's infiltrated the locker room. How could it not? And I know I've heard, you know, the, during the, the game, the announcers talk about what, well, no, these these guys have you know stuck together and they rally and they buy into coach rule and all that. That's fine. It all sounds good, but the reality is it's been losing. So let, let's see a change of pace. And I, I'm intrigued by it. 
if after you know five six weeks right before the trade deadline we'll reevaluate i'll reevaluate at that point um how bad it is how bad it is and then and then maybe you do kind of you, you blow up the offense a little bit and, and see what you can get for for a couple of those pieces but ultimately you got to find a quarterback baker mayfield's not the answer long term uh but if he can get healthy and and with a new new regime maybe things change a little bit so but you can uh, play love- fine football like to your point for pj walker set him up to succeed which is exactly what my cowboys have done so I definitely don't agree with you that Cooper Rush is the answer when da- once Dak comes back. Dak's a way better quarterback, especially on third downs. Dak's just better. But what the Cowboys have done is they've realized, wow, our game plan with Dak has been egregious. We don't re- they've ab- they abandoned the run game. Then you put in a backup who's more limited, and it's, you know, we got to run the ball more. Now they've established the run and relied on their defense. Oh, wait, we can play good football. So for P.J. Walker, you have a top five athlete player in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey, good receiver D.J. Moore. Run the ball, establish the run, then you can throw. Carolina's got a good defense. So there are games out there to be won, and again, in a sporadic division. So we'll see. But that Cooper Rush is set up for success, run game and good defense. And you ask him That's to right. throw when the run game is established, of course he's able to succeed. Just manage the game. And that we gotta give McCarthy credit for for leaning into that Absolutely. and telling more and, and yes. not being uh you know stubborn or or put Cooper Rush in an uncomfortable situation. It, yeah. it made him feel right at home back there. Coaching and been that was tremendous. Tremendous. That was a significant win yesterday. Anytime you beat the Super Bowl champs, even if both are Super great. Bowl, both Super Bowl teams, Cowboys have beat this year. Bengals That's and right. Rams. Those those are legitimate. So the, the Cowboys deserve the hype at this point. But my whole thing is if you're on a run, I'm extending that as long as I can with Cooper Rush. I would just keep rolling with him until they until they lose and then say, Hey, thanks for a great run. To me, it's almost like riding out the pitcher till he gives up the home run. All right, you're done. You've lost it. But because it's still Dak's team, ultimately, like he hasn't lost his team. It's not like Cooper's played so well to where, you know, like Dak did to Tony Romo. But but to yeah. me, the, this momentum, you just want to keep it going as long as you can. I don't know. You, just, you, yeah. you Well, they're going to do that. I agree. They're going to do that, but in kind of a disguised way. I think their way of writing it out is not rushing Dak back. But if they clear him to play not- and he's active, he's going to play. But I think now they're thinking, wow, we're 4-1. and one. We're not playing Dak unless he's 100%. Yeah. We're not rushing him back at 80%, not even 85%. We're waiting till Dak is the exact same health as the beginning of the season because now we have room for, for error. Even if you lose the next two games, you're 4-3, and three, you're fine. You're fine. They are outperforming unbelievably right now. It's great. It is, and and so I, yeah, I'm impressed by them. Of course, the Eagles win again, and kind of an ugly game with, with Arizona. So that was one of the more intriguing situations, and, win, and Kyler Murray getting criticized for for his play toward the end of that game. And we saw a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was kind of the hero and and the you know, kind of the the backyard makeshift, you know, just make a play happen. Uh, he did not do that, even though Arizona had a chance. Of course, they they missed the field goal. 
Uh, but it's funny because in the offseason, we know that we heard the criticism. Does he actually watch game film? And then I saw some stuff on social media where apparently it was a big video game weekend, Call of Duty. It was some big, <laughs> big Call of Duty weekend or something. And, and yeah. he always struggles following those weekends. <laughs> it's just hilarious <laughs> that somebody has figured that out. Trust so, the data. The data is oh there. Oh, my goodness. So, so to me, Arizona <laughs> is who we thought they were. Uh, and even though they, the Eagles, it wasn't a, an impressive game by any means, but when, when the Eagles, now the Eagles have arrived to that level to where you can play poorly and still win, you, you're in good shape. Then, then you're feeling good. And then Buffalo, the other team to me that, you know, it's still Eagles, Buffalo, at least through five weeks, as sort of the favorites, the blowout win against Pittsburgh, Oof. that was a statement game. And, it was funny because I didn't see the Steelers on red zone yesterday. I, I don't even think I saw Kenny Pickett play yesterday. I'm watching red zone all day and because they never were in the red zone. They were never scoring. So I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't get a good grasp of how bad or good he was. But he threw it like 50 times. Um, I'm not sure he was the problem as much as it was the Steelers defense, but Buffalo with the big plays. I mean, Gabe Davis, just he, he goes deep and just, just find them. Yeah, and he's a touchdown machine. So monster win for them tonight. We'll see the Chiefs. Uh, you know, Las Vegas. They they're coming off a win. Can they keep things rolling, or do the Chiefs have a statement game in them tonight on on, on national TV uh, to kind of keep pace with? To me, the Bills. You know, I think everybody would agree, but the Bills and the Eagles are the, are the teams to beat at least at this point. Well, let me ask you this about the Panthers. Yes or no? Is Wilkes the head coach next season? Oh. Um, if you had, if you had the guest today, I would say no, I, I'm open to the possibility, but I'm not sure. I mean, if they make a run and make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't think he seems like a lifetime assistant of possibility. He seems like a lifetime assistant kind of guy That's outside fair. of the one chance, but three and 13 that year, like you said, probably not all his fault, but yeah, I don't know. So I'm open to certain coaches that that were a head coach that struggled and you know like the Raiders gave Josh McDaniels another chance I yeah. think I think McDaniels it was worth giving him another chance even though things didn't work out in Denver yeah uh to, to me you know maybe Raheem Morris who's been the defensive coordinator with the Rams uh he's a little bit older now he got that job young when he was with the Bucks uh giving those guys another shot Dan Quinn is he you know a retread oh, coach please don't leave Please Take don't from, leave, Dan. From Dallas, uh, that could be interesting. Um, but I also like the idea, and I doubt the Panthers will do this just because things they rolled the dice with rule and it didn't work out. But like the Giants going after Brian Dayball, where you know, first time head coach, let's see what he's got, and it's worked out really well. He's the Jets with Robert Sala. Uh, it's so far Chris Daughtry working out great <laughs> with with the, with the Jets. So. Um, <laughs> I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Um, You've got to so, lead that charge. The, the Chris yeah, he Daughtry doesn't, It doesn't comp. get mentioned enough. I guess people – I still love Daughtry. Like, I'm a huge fan I of Daughtry. I think you're one of, you're one of the enough. few remaining diehards. I think that's I'm, why I'm, it's a quiet take is because there's there's not many Daughtry diehards still out there. I don't know why. I, I don't get it. That's people, fair. And I'm still a fan of Creed. People don't like Creed. They always give Creed a hard time. <laughs> Creed's still good. I mean, I, I throw on some old Creed. It still, it holds up. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, but but Robert Sala <laughs> slash Chris Daughtry, 
has done a really good job. So I, I'm intrigued by all of these, you know, these younger coaches that have come in and, and made an immediate impact. And so I, I'm intrigued for the Panthers to find that next guy. I'm just not confident that they could find that next guy unless we may, we may have seen him yesterday. D'Amico Ryans, uh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, young yeah. player, recently played in the league. Uh, I love his demeanor, energy, enthusiasm on the sideline, which is what we've kind of been lacking. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm one more, by- one more coaching question for you. So Mike Tomlin, you, you got to think maybe it's nearing the end in Pittsburgh. It's been Ooh. a struggle. I, I read an article in the athletic kind of comparing to, uh, the way Chuck Knoll's career ended in Pittsburgh. Um, but if he were to not be the Steelers head coach, you got to think he's done coaching. Can you even no. imagine him leading another franchise? Like yeah. there's some guys that are so like they're them and the t- and the franchise are forever connected. I, I can't even imagine Tomlin in another in in other colors, another another team. It hey. just it would it, it it feels wrong to even imagine it. Andy Reid looks fine in the Kansas City red, and he was in Philly forever. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl like Tomlin has, but. Uh, Tomlin would be hired immediately. And if Carolina got Mike Tomlin, oh my goodness. Now you've, I mean, now you've sent me, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think that was possible, but you're right. It's got to at least be on the table that if things unravel in Pittsburgh, that it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, Tomlin's no longer a good coach. It's just, yeah, it's run its course. And now everything's changed. Owner, GM, your franchise quarterback, everything's different there. Well, the ownership is still, still the same, but Yeah, but the, the patriarch. It seems like the era could be nearing its end, but I just can't imagine Tomlin coaching another team. It just feels wrong because he's so identified with the Steelers, more so than I think Andy Reid with the Eagles. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I would still, I still go back to last week's decision for him to put Kenny Pickett in, and then even for yesterday for it to go as bad as it did. Not necessarily for Pickett. But it's just an ugly game for that to be his for his first start to be against the Bills. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't to me. Oh. That doesn't seem like a great coaching decision. Yeah. Um. So very. Uh, yeah. That, that's a head scratcher for me. Kind of what's going on in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And there's the, there's wisdom in. I don't know. That, that might be Lou. And you shake his confidence, it's just it's bad. So it's a tough, tough start, tough start for uh, for Pickett for sure. All right, so um, uh, a lot of uh, NFL storylines to to get to, and we'll try to do that throughout this show. But but I want to make sure we we get into uh, this week's unpack this topic. And each week on the show, we we take a, a sports story related to the the Bible, related to our own lives, and this, uh, the, these topics go out also in, in email form, and so you can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. And, and so today, I want to take a look at really a, another week of incredible games. And, and so, you know, tonight we should have another, another tight one. And last night's game with, with Baltimore and Cincinnati, that was a, a tight one. But the, the theme has been, any team can win at any time. And, and so 
heading into week five, there were 15 teams with a record of two and two, uh, which was tied for a, a record at that point in the season. Uh, last week, pro football talk, uh, Mike Florio, he, he wrote, he wrote this. He said, everyone is alive. Anyone can make a run. Any team can win any game. It may drive those of us who are, who are supposed to know what's going to happen crazy. But as a fan, it's the best kind of season the NFL can have. Yeah. And it really is because I've been entertained and I know some of the national games haven't been great last Thursday night, which we'll talk about later, you know, the Colts and, and Broncos, like it was an ugly game. It it still came down to the wire and either team could have won either team, which was, which is cool. And so the Texans won yesterday. So every team in the NFL has at least one win. And, and yesterday, 10 matchups finished with a team winning by one score only. So the Ravens, the Eagles over the Cardinals, Saints over the Seahawks, 39-32. That was a wild game. The Titans hung on 21-17 thanks to Wentz's interception at the end. He finds ways to, to lose. It's, it's truly remarkable. Uh, the Vikings, they won 29-22, even though the Bears made that very interesting. Uh, the Bucks, which we still have to talk about, they squeaked one out 21-15. Uh, Texans, 13-6. Chargers, they escaped. 30 to 28. How the Browns lost that one there at the end was uh, upsetting for them. Uh, the Giants in London, Henry's Giants. We'll hear from Henry later today. They surprised the Packers with a 27-22 win, and then the Colts uh, 12-9 at Denver. So every team in the NFL has been given chances to win, and regardless of how flawed some of these teams may be or, or discredited they are, I know I discredit the Jets, yet now they've won a couple in a row. Um, it, it's possible for all these different teams to find a way to win, other than the Panthers. Um, but, but even teams that struggled last year have been given new life this season. The Jets, the Jaguars, the Giants. You know, they last year... Uh, the Eagles. They, even the Well, no, the Eagles were in the playoffs last year. But, but first half of the season, it was ugly. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but the Jets won four games last year, Jags three, Giants four. Well, now the Giants are four and one. The Jets have won two in a row, and the Jags have already won two games. And so the NFL is structured in, in a way that gives every team an opportunity to win. And, and even if, if every team doesn't take full advantage of it, the Panthers, the NFL desires the whole league to be competitive and for each team to have hope for winning. And so how does this relate to our own lives and, and to the Bible? Well, God's designed for us uh, to, 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 to know him, to, to love him, and to experience uh, his grace and salvation. And he wants, every, this is Timoth, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 4 through 6. He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God, one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And so anyone can find victory in Christ because he died and rose again so that everyone through him would have the opportunity to live. That's how it's set up. Now, not everybody takes full advantage of that, but that's what's available to us. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and he desires for all of us to know him. And we can have the hope that victory 
is available to all of us. And, and so 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so we've been given chances to win through Jesus. And, and regardless of how flawed we may be, how much others discredit us, victory is still possible for everyone. Anyone can make a run toward Jesus and find new life. And, and so as we think about the NFL and, and teams across the league, you know, they're preparing for their next game, knowing that any team can win any game. No team is too far out. They're, they're not too far out of it. They're still in the mix. And so let's remember that Jesus came for everyone and anyone, and nobody is too far gone. Nobody's too far out there. Nobody. And so this should encourage us, if we are followers of Jesus, to be reminded of this wonderful truth and then to be able to share this good news with others knowing that nobody's too far gone. Ah, no, that, that person, they don't, they don't want to know Jesus. We don't know what, what God can do in, well, we know what he can do. He can do incredible things in, in each individual's life, and we don't know exactly or specifically what he's going to do, but we know that he can, and we know that it's possible for everyone to experience that wonderful grace that we've experienced. And so there's hope there. And, and so let's be encouraged not to give up on anyone who, who doesn't yet know Jesus, our neighbors, our coworkers, uh, our friends, our family. You know, victory is still attainable. Hope is always there. And, and so I'll, I'll end it with this, Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. And so today, as followers of Jesus, we've... we've experienced this grace and this victory that, that we have, and we know that anyone and everyone can also experience it. Not everyone will win, but everyone has, has access to, to Jesus. Everyone has this, this hope available to them. And so we got to tell them. We got to let them know. We got to remind them. And, and just as we you know, talk here, uh, we talk football on this show, and we talk about all these teams that still have hope. They're still alive. They're still, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. People are, are looking for answers in life. People are trying to figure out what life is all about. Why are we really here? What's going on? Who am I? People want to know their identity. And, and, and if we know who Jesus is, we got to tell them. We got to let them know that Jesus is who he says he is. And, and he wants all of us to know him and to experience repentance and turning from our old life so that we can experience new life in him. And so that's the hope and the victory that we have today. So that is, uh, that is great news, and I hope that that is encouraging to everyone. And, and so even though you know, some people are, are far out, they, they've, they've run the other direction, the opposite direction of God, there's still hope for them. There's still hope. Um, and so let's cling to that. So there you go. Uh, Luke, any, uh, anything you'd like to add uh, to, that, to that topic today? It's actually funny. Maybe not funny is the right word, but timely. I was at a Mavs game last week with a buddy. Go Mavs. Tough loss to the Magic preseason. But got to see your boy, Ben Caro. Um, but we were nice. eating before the game, 
um, and we're actually having a conversation about people in our life where it's hard, it's difficult to maintain hope that they would ever, mm. that they would they would ever have faith in Christ, that they would ever be become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and we were just we were discussing like in our minds we know God is powerful enough, like theologically, yeah, oh yeah, God can save anyone. But for people who, in our lives, where they feel no need for Christ, they're living a life that is not following Jesus, regardless, maybe it's horrible morals, fine morals, regardless, it's difficult to believe they would ever come to Christ. It's hard to maintain belief that God will save them, just because we've seen year after year uh, they continue to live in their own strength and live a life away from Jesus. And it's just discouraging. But my buddy was telling me of a guy that he had been praying for for years, since high school. He said in high school he had mm. two guys he'd always pray for. And one of them, at the end of college a couple of years ago, actually was saved, and God brought him to faith and repentance, and he is now following Jesus. And I was so Amen. encouraged because I think of people in my life that, you know, I pray for, Madeline and I pray for, and part of our prayer is asking God to help us believe that this person can be saved, because he can save anyone. Right. Uh, he saved me, and before he did, I hated God, I hate, I loved sin. That's what we all are. Mm. It's a miracle that any of us come to Christ uh, by God's mm. grace. So I was just encouraged because that's a testimony of someone who is hard to believe they'll ever come to Christ, and yet now they're following Jesus because of God's power, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and God's grace and His faithfulness to save sinners, because it's easy to play this game on, um, oh, I, I can't, that person will never come to Christ, and it we almost play this game on, it's common sense that someone like you and me would come to Christ, but it's, it's really not. Hmm. We were all sinners before being follow, becoming followers of Jesus, and it was a miracle that we were saved because we loved sin, and mm. God has brought us to love Him. So I just share that Amen. because I was encouraged, and if you know someone in your life that came to Christ and it was hard to believe they ever would, tell people, because we're all mm. praying for people, and it's hard to believe that some people will place their faith in Jesus. Amen. No, that's well well said and very encouraging, and, and even to you know par parallel it to some of these teams across the NFL that, that even are are winning now and experiencing victory. You know, you mentioned the Eagles, and they kind of were, were floundering and, and wondering what was going to happen next, and they you know move on from Doug Peterson, and now here they are winning. Uh, the Bills, you know, we know all the tough seasons that they, that they had. I was reminded today. Remember when Sean McDermott put in Nate Peterman? Midway through the season, yeah, that wasn't like, that long ago. No, that was a few years ago. So it's like to think to, that that team, that that knucklehead decision by Sean McDermott. Now he's one of the best coaches in the league, and it's like the most respected franchise. Like wow, the way they built this team and the way they've, <laughs> you know, they went out and found Josh Allen and surrounded him with talent. And that was the same guy that, that thought Nate Peterman should start week. I don't know, week six or whatever it was, and they had to go back to Tyrod Taylor. So to, to parallel and to, to Luke's emphasis today, you know, nobody's too far gone. And, and even though somebody might be struggling, and, and maybe you today, you're like, man, I'm just too much of a mess. God 
loves you too. And God loves the friend that we have that seems so far gone and it seems to be a knucklehead and, and just, you know, struggling in, in a number of ways uh, or seems uh, there's just no way. Um, anybody can win. Anybody can win. So, yeah. And, and, Jesus and because we, we were far gone. Like, again, it's, it's easy to compare sin and think, oh, I wasn't that far gone before God saved me. Uh, yes, you were. Uh, if you, a proper understanding of sin is everyone before coming to Christ is very far gone, extremely right. far gone, and yet God saved us. So that's another testimony to God can and will save anyone because he saved us, and we were very far gone. No matter how, how well we think of ourselves, we, we loved sin before Christ. Man, that's a good, good reminder as well. Humbling, humbling for sure. Uh, with gratitude and appreciation for, for what God So that's this week's Unpack This Topic. Uh, subscribe to our weekday email devotional, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Uh, let's jump into the kind of one of the talking points of the day following yesterday. And, and I was watching this live because I was pulling so shockingly I was pulling for Atlanta to win a game normally I don't root for Atlanta but I have to say this year's Falcons team is very likable because they play really hard they sh- they have no business being good like they shouldn't be in these games yet Marcus Mariota who's getting another shot to be a quarterback is playing well enough to, to keep the Falcons this week they were without Kyle Pitts and, and yet they were without Cordero Patterson. Yet here they were going toe-to-toe with the Bucks, taking Tom Brady down, giving their team a shot, and then they get called for the, oh. the roughing the pastor. And everybody's up in arms. How could you call this? And I was disappointed by the call, too. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But here's my thought. Of course, you have to call it. This is the NFL. We want quarterbacks protected. You have to protect the quarterback. You can't roll over a quarterback. You can't fling them to the ground. That's where we're at. And I was thinking about this as I went to the bathroom today before the show, that we just have to accept that the NFL is no longer the tough guy sport. It's just not. It's like there, it still requires tough players, no doubt about it. They're still tackling each other. These guys are physical specimens, all that kind of thing. But this is not the, 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 the football that I kind of you know, initially was exposed to growing up where it's the big hits, it's you know, Ronnie Lott, it's you know, all these legends that, that you know, tackled people, threw them to the ground, the Deacon Jones of the world. That was before my time. But all these guys are just knocking quarterbacks out. Like, that's not what Kevin Green, that's not what the NFL is. So for us to try to cling to it or think it's ever going to be that, it's not especially when you're talking about the golden boy. Of course Tom Brady's going to get this call. We're up in arms today. Like, how could Tom Brady get this call? He's Tom Brady. He gets these calls. That's the NFL that it is. So we're almost like wasting our time being frustrated by it. Like, what? what so we're going to change it? So now all of a sudden we're going to give your boy Cooper Rush the same calls as, as Tom Brady? It, that's just not how it goes. That's just not how sports go. I guess oh. we could fight it. I guess we could we could try to fight it and say, "Hey, give LeBron the same call as uh, Terry Rozier," but that's not how it, that's just not how it works. So that's how I've accepted it. I mean, I'm I'm accepting oh. mode today. My the team that I I told everybody was going to unravel this year, the Bucks, they win again. 
yet I'm going to defend the call. How about that? Oh, I... You're disgusted, Luke. You're just beside yourself. You can't believe I, it. I'm fuming inside for many, for many reasons. I don't even know where to begin to start. I can't believe you're kidding yourself that this is an okay call to make. It's, it's easily the worst call of the season, no doubt about it. Maybe the worst call in the past few seasons. It, it, it is objectively atrocious, worse than the replacement refs from years ago where they called a touchdown and an interception oh. at the same time or complete and incomplete. It's worse he than that. He rolled over. He rolled no. over. What are defenders supposed to do? He's running. He puts his arms around Tom Brady and momentum takes Tom Brady. What is he supposed to do? Defy the laws of physics, stop mid-tackle, and just lay him down like you're laying your, your child down to bed? It, it, it's impossible. Yeah. Defenders are at He's such old. a disadvantage. Man. You can't tackle anymore. I understand that, hey, you don't don't lead with the crown of your helmet. Don't dive at their knees. Don't hit them late. But if you're going to wrap up, what is that? Go watch the clip. I encourage every one of you, go watch the clip. It is infuriating. The defender, he has no other option. He didn't even body slam. Like the Tua, the Tua body slam, night and day. This wasn't even a body slam. It was a tackle to the ground. And it's 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 also, unacceptable. This ref should lose his job. But to counteract, I'll finish, okay. I'll finish this real quick. I I unfortunately understand your point that this is professional sports. And a purist in me, I just want the game to be the game. But unfortunately, at the professional sports level, which is why I probably have to defer to I like amateur sports, whether you want to consider college sports amateur. It's amateur in a way different than professional sports, where let it be the game. It's You have to prioritize your big stars, give them advantages. It's entertainment first, sports second, and I just hate that. Oh, I hate it so much. Terry Rozier should get the same calls as LeBron. He should. It's sports. But it's this entertainment is, know, first, and I just hate it. it. Oh, this it disgusts me. We're all no, the reason we're all tuning in on the to the NFL on Sunday, you know, of course we love football. We love our team. We're also keeping up with our fantasy team, and I'm not a gambler, but people are gambling. And so they want Tom Brady out there. They want the star quarterbacks out there. And so we can't be having – a, a random defensive lineman throwing quarterbacks to the ground. We just can't, it can't, it can't be that way. So but it's such a soft now, call gonna have to, to figure out what the answer is. What they're going to have to figure out what the answer is, because as we're seeing today, a lot of people are up in arms about this. So th there is still public desire too. So I'm saying we almost want to both. We want our cake and eat it too. Um, which I just had my, birthday and I had a lot of cake so just, you know you just want a lot of cake but but the birthday that, you know, the that's... self birthday shout out is <laughs> is growing it, it's numerous I actually was I was gonna I was gonna go another direction and then I stopped myself but um because I was supposed to I was actually supposed to get a free cupcake from a, an establishment that I'm I, I get their emails all year long <laughs> in order to get the free cupcake and yesterday the expiration passed like I had a little window and I, I never got over there. So Amateur I'm a little upset hour. about that today. Um, Amateur hour. Anyway, anyway, but the the thing about Tom Brady in this particular play, he knows how to be tackled. He knows how to go to the ground well. Whereas, you know, Tua, maybe he doesn't because he got flung around. And I, maybe I'm making a, a drastic comparison here. But I think sometimes certain quarterbacks know how to get tackled. Others don't. 
some quarterbacks know how to slide well, some don't. And like nasty, some hits look a lot nastier because uh, it's like an easy hack. Oh, that was a terrible. And it's like, no, 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 the quarterback just slid like a goofy guy. And that's why it was a bad tackle. Uh, or two, you know, maybe his head was, you know, he just, he didn't handle the fall very well. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to. No, there's something there. People, there's something there. I'm just saying that to me, the motion that was done to Tom Brady. Okay. You can't roll over on a quarterback. I think we've established that. So that's why I'm shocked that, that there are so many people on one side of this conversation. Um, because so of course routine, I've got to be different. It's a routine tackle. It's a routine tackle. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. The, the, here's the thing. I would be okay. I'd be more okay with this if professional sports stopped trying to claim the purity of the game. The game is tainted. It is advantages to your star players and yes. lesser than players are at a significant disadvantage. Can we just acknowledge that? Let us let me hear yep. it. Goodell, let me just hear it. <laughs> don't, don't try to claim the purity of the game. It's not pure. It's very, it's very tainted. And if okay. we want to go that way, I'm okay. But let's not pretend that best players are at advantages. Let's just acknowledge it. If we acknowledge it, fine. I know going in. <laughs> but the glimmer of hope I have that it's going to be a fair contest, I, I hate when that's ripped away, when I'm reminded. No, it's a it's fair con It's a fair contest. Like we just that talked about. That was unfair. The Falcons were win. at a disadvantage. They were at they such a, a disadvantage. They should have had the ball. It's an outrageous call. Outrageous. All right, if I, here's where I'm okay with the criticism. I was listening to Stephen A. He was criticizing Tom Brady because he's like looking for the ref for the call. And Tom Brady's whining is at an all-time high. And, and I know he's got a lot going on you know, off the field that, that's making him you know, probably even more on edge and sensitive. It makes sense. But the whining on every play and looking for the call, same, same with LeBron. I don't know what his excuse is. But when the superstars are always looking for the call, that gets old too. When it's like, like they expect how much more can we play. give you, man? We're giving yeah, you every call. Already. Come on, man. You get everything. Let's not whine don't get about greedy. it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Don't get greedy. I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that criticism. We'll end on All unity. Right. We'll end on. We can agree on that. Don't get greedy. <laughs> so we'd love to know your thoughts on this. What, what side do you come out? Uh, you can leave your comments anywhere you're uh, you're watching now and uh, try to try to read those uh, and appreciate the uh, the feedback. Um, all right. Any other, uh, let's see, big takeaways from, from the weekend. I was able to watch a lot of football. Uh, unfortunately my, my whole family was sick all weekend. It's like all four of us at different times. We were not feeling well. So we were at home all weekend. So I watched a lot of football. Um, and, and of course, uh, you know, the Panthers was, a, was a big deal watching them, them lose and now to fire Matt rule. So that's, that's the big story for me, but going back to last Thursday, my Indianapolis Colts got the win. Now, it seems like things in Denver are unraveling. And, and so I'm wondering if there are any other teams that, that you as listeners and, and Luke, for you too, uh, are there any teams that you feel like, wow, things are really slipping? Now, you watched the Rams closely yesterday. Do you feel like things are slipping away for them? The, you know, the Bengals off to a slow start. Are things already you know, slipping for them? The Packers losing the way they did yesterday uh, you know, I don't think you can be overly dramatic with, oh, they're done, but they're not, you know, they're not clicking on all cylinders. I still don't understand why the Packers don't run the ball with AJ Dillon. So I, I'm definitely in that camp. Feed AJ Dillon, 
please. He's a tremendous running back. I don't, I don't get that. Um, but, but the Packers to lose that lead. Honestly, I thought yesterday the Packers were going to blow the Giants out. I thought it was going to be one of those crazy London games where we've seen over the years where somebody just blows the other team out. I thought that was going to be the case, that the Giants would finally wake up. Hey, you're a cute little story for the first few weeks, but now you got the, the Packers. It's over. But no, the Giants made the adjust, adjustments in the second half. They come back and beat the, beat the Packers uh, in, in an impressive way. Uh, the fun, you know, trick play, like a backup tight end. You got Barkley, goes down for a series, comes back, gets into the end zone. He's loving life. Daniel Jones just asked to do just enough and uh, and, and getting it done. So so I know uh, Henry's Henry's pumped about that. So we'll, we'll hear from him in just a moment. But uh, any other big takeaway, Luke, from, from the weekend? So a team that teams that I think are concerning, I think you have to pair it with a bad division. So. All right, look at their division. So, yes, the Packers are concerning to an extent, but they have two awful teams in their division. Oh, awful. don't talk about my Lions like that. Don't talk about my Lions like that. Concerning. Oh, that was ugly yesterday. Concerning. Yikes. One, one and four. I mean, yikes. He so, said, uh, Campbell said it was rock bottom yesterday. And he's, and he's exactly right. So, the Packers are benefiting from that. The Rams are concerning. Now, I don't think the Cardinals are great. 49ers are legit. Seattle's overperforming. And the Rams' offense is bad. Stafford's been struggling. And Cooper Cup is the lone shining light there. They have no run game. Go look at the numbers from yesterday's Cowboys game. It was atrocious trying to run the ball. So I think the Rams are definitely concerning. It's, it's some of Sean McVay's worst offensive numbers as the head honcho for the Rams. So I'd be concerned about them. But for the Packers, they're going to be okay. It, now, the Vikings are 4-1, and one and they're, they're leading nicely. But the Packers have guaranteed wins over two other teams in the division that's going to be able to boost their record. So they're going to be fine. The Rams don't have that luxury. They could lose to every team in their division, and that, that's, that's really concerning. Well, I know, but Arizona, Seattle, they're not that good. San, Fr San Francisco's fine with Jimmy G. He's, he keeps them stable. He keeps but, them in the mix. But compared to Packers get to play Chicago and Detroit twice this season. and They haven't played either one yet? I don't know. I, I can't remember. But The Rams have to play the Niners, Cardinals, and, and Seahawks? I, that, that's, that's much more difficult, and they're struggling. And I also think the Bengals have to be concerned um, because yeah, for me, uh, yeah, but even then their division isn't great, but it's the Packers out of these struggling teams have by far the worst division from top to bottom. So I think they're going to be okay, but b the Bengals and the Rams, they can lose to, uh, to more than one team in their division every game. Yeah. I do think with the with the Rams, they went all in last year. And when you go all in, it's really hard to repeat that. And and so I think with the Bengals, they weren't expecting to do what they they got really hot at the right time. And that that happens every once in a while where it doesn't mean you're a legitimate great team. 
Whereas to me in recent years, like the Chiefs have shown they're a legitimate great team. So year in, year out, they are a Super Bowl contender and they're built that way. From the top down, they're all set to go. The Buffalo Bills have been building toward that and we'll see if they can get over the hump this year. But I don't think the Bengals are there yet. They're, they're not built yet, just yet to, for the sustainability. And um, I, just, I just think they got they caught lightning in a bottle last year. So now they could catch it again, I guess, uh, if things really start clicking. Because they do have Joe Burrow, who's a legitimate you know, top, top quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doubting him. But just from a, uh, yeah, top down. Because like, going into last year, there were question marks about Zach Taylor. Now, being able to get your team to the Super Bowl, it removes some of those doubts for sure. But talk about the division, you got to go up against these top, these top coaches, Harbaugh, Tomlin. I mean, you could beat Stefanski. He's struggling in Cleveland. They're, they're losing those tight games. But they're, they're waiting for Watson to get them over the, over the top there. Yeah. So I we'll would see. say but, a team that's loving life, Kansas City. Because the rest of that division has been, I mean, going into the season, remember how excited we were? Oh, all four of those quarterbacks. Oh, it's so sad to think that. I mean, you were saying you were saying every team of that division is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, thing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but now it's Kansas City's thinking, oh, this is going to be way easier than we thought. Even the Chargers squeaking oh, by the Chargers. Browns yesterday. Oh, the Chargers. Squeaking by. Las Vegas looks bad. Denver looks bad. And the Chargers, oh, they have a better record than they've looked big time. I, I'm, not, I'm not very confident the Broncos turn it around this year, unless it really is something to do with Russell's shoulder and he, gets, he got a shot and maybe that makes everything better. But I, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out in, in Denver. Um, we'll see what Vegas does tonight. That might change my opinion a little bit based on how, how well or poorly they play tonight I think the Chargers will be fine but the Staley going for it on fourth and stuff like it still is is hanging over his head does he make the wise decisions uh there was a key play yesterday that I think that's uh, questionable because they're all analytics and that's just interesting analytics wise there's a lot of the evidence is saying go for it I don't know it's interesting Steve's leaving some comments here he seems to be favoring the Giants over my Cowboys which I will not tolerate Steve says, Cowboys, no. Though their defense is awesome. I will admit, Cowboys, still a couple question marks on the offense. But the Cowboys are legit. With their wins, 4-1 and with Cooper Rush, we're fine. We're fine. Look (laughs) out for the Cowboys come playoff time. You're feeling good. Now your Aggies, tight one. Tight one against Alabama, let that slip away. Oh. And then uh, Kansas, big letdown, big letdown. College game day it was pretty solid. I watched most of it. Uh, I watched a lot of it. I mean, not most of it. I watched a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, so a couple letdowns for you in the college front. And then, of course, my Mountaineers got oh. blown out in an upset, weird way. Not blown out, but it, was a, it felt like a blowout. It was painful, painful Do you to at watch. least feel vindicated losing to James Madison now that they're ranked? They have entered well, we, the top 25 rankings. Ranked, yeah. Gave yeah. them that game, helped them get ranked. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, thankfully the Cowboys yeah. made my sports weekend end on a good note. Yeah. You lost in heartbreaking fashion. I would, I'm not bummed about the Kansas though. It was a no. close game. Right. They played well, but A&M go watch the highlights. Bama was begging A&M to win. Fumble, 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 interception. Give the ball up. A&M please win, please win. Nope. You're not going to 
You're going to call a horrible play last play of the game? Okay, sounds good. We'll take the win. Uh, so that was disappointing. That is. Gosh, sorry, man. All right, well, there is somebody uh, excited today on our show uh, to go along with the Cowboys fan side of Luke. Uh, all my teams lost. My fantasy team struggled. I, I was sick. You know, my girls were sick. It was a tough, a tough weekend all around. But we wake up today. Matt Rule gets fired. The Panthers' light is back on in the studio. We're feeling good. <laughs> and Henry's, Henry's loving life with his Giants are now four and one. Uh, it's a tough NFC East though with the Cowboys and Eagles. How you doing, Henry? What's going on, boys? You guys hey, got me. What's the hat you're wearing backward today? Oh, the actual hat I was wearing backwards is actually the New York Yankees hat. Okay. Shout As out to Judge. The Yankees. Shout out to Aaron Judge. Almost uh, getting the triple crown. Now, you would think that as a Giants fan, well, actually, let me tell you a funny story. Yesterday, we're in church. Um, I'm on the altar in full clergy. And my pastor, we're, we're right towards the end of service. And my pastor has his cell phone, has his cell phone and he shows me the, he shows me um, ESPN, the ESPN app, and he points to the Giants score. Uh, now, I hadn't seen the Giants score. I hadn't seen the Giants score because I was in service all day long. So I'm on the altar in full clergy. I see the score, and I yeah, I scream at the top of my lungs on the altar. Now, everybody's oh. looking at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but I was, I was in total shock. I was uh, in total shock. If you if you had heard if you had heard me at all this week, I was like, I I, I kind of conceded the fact that Aaron Rodgers that the game really didn't count because it was over in London. Like if the Giants lose, does yeah. anybody really care if they lose if it's over in London? So I look at the score and I was like, Are you serious? And then my son, my youngest son, uh, comes up, uh, texts me. He's like four and one. I was like, That can't be right. Unbelievable! Like, Are you serious? So yesterday, we're my son and I, and we're all we're all we're all jumping up and down. My older son, not so much because he wanted the Giants to tank so they could get uh, so they could get CJ Stroud. But that's a whole other story. Was your son day. who's in in concussion protocol jumping up and down, or do you have him have him buckled down? Actually, no, and, and that's a perfect segue. Today, my son is actually out of concussion protocol. We oh, got the word. We just got the word today. I called the soccer coach, um, or I texted the soccer coach anyway, and he's excited for him to come back tomorrow. They got a game tomorrow. His starting forward is back in the lineup. So my son is actually hyped about getting back on the field. So he is hyped over that. So thanks for all the prayers and, uh, and, all, and all the love going to him. But, yeah, my son, I couldn't contain him, my youngest son. Could not contain him at all. But so now – go ahead, go ahead, Bryce. No, you, you haven't won the Super Bowl, but you're four and one. So you're 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 feeling good. You're loving life, and I think the the biggest win is Brian Dayball is the real deal because he's yep. come in and and just changed the whole atmosphere. Because because Joe Judge, you could just feel it and you knew it. This guy doesn't have it. He doesn't have the it factor, and and to you know the team hasn't really changed that much as far as the players go. But Dayball's getting the most out of this team. And then I think there's there's hope moving forward that hey you add a couple more pieces. Not sure Daniel Jones is still the the answer long term, uh, but man, you think all right if we get even an upgrade at quarterback, now we're we're really talking. So that's my that's my take on the outside. Now going going in today, um, 
because you got to remember the, the the one thing the Giants were really looking at this season was getting out of the cap situation. Um, the last GM, and we will we'll let him rename name let him rename nameless, has put us in such a cap situation where we had to let one of our best players walk over to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently five and zero. James Bradbury, they didn't want to let James Bradbury walk. But because of his cap hit, he had a $20 million cap hit. The Giants couldn't afford him. So they had to let him walk. He goes over to the Eagles. The Eagles are 5-0. and And so now the Giants are like, okay, we'll do what we can and we'll look towards next season. Now, five weeks into the season, the Giants are 4-1. and Nobody, not even the Giants themselves, thought they'd be here. And were it not for, were it not for the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants would actually be 5-0. and so now, have you guys ever been in the room? Have you, have you guys ever gone out and you're looking good? You're feeling good about yourself, but now you're going into a room with a bunch of other guys and you're like, wait a second. I'm actually one of the better looking guys in the room. That's not supposed to happen. Well, I know that's <laughs> happened to me quite a few times, but the Giants were never predicted to be here. So now rather than the questions like Bryce, you were talking about, is Daniel Jones the answer? Is Saqu- Are we going to keep Saquon? If you take a look at the Giants' upcoming games outside of outside of the Ravens, who they have next week, now I don't expect that to be a win, but they got the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Lions before we get some get back on Thanksgiving with the Cowboys. Ooh, it's possible the Giants can be game. Oh, nice! It it's could it be possible that the Giants who are who are lottery bound? could go six and four, six and three, seven and two. These were questions I was not prepared for. Take it one week at a time, Henry. Henry, I'm trying to. To answer your question, Bryce would be the more attractive guy in the room if he just gave his beard a chance. Even Steve's commenting, Bryce rocking the goatee slash beard. Come on, give it a chance. No, I can't do it. My, My wife does not like the beard. So I, I, it's a, a couple of days of not shaving is about as long as I can, I can do the loyalty from, play. I get it. Yeah. Well, is since we're in London, let's start tap drill. Let's start tap drill right there. So now you've seen a few of these London games. Are we, are, are we sold on these London games or could we really do without them? So I am very adamant, uh, adamantly against the 9.30 start time, 9.30 Eastern a.m. start time for football games. And so I understand the NFL wants to expand their brand across the world and London fills their stadium and all that kind of thing. But but as a, a, a viewer, diehard NFL guy, I don't like those games. I don't like I, – I, I can't get into them that early in the morning. I'm not, I'm not interested as, as much as I am once 1 o'clock kicks off. And then also, most importantly, Sunday morning is church. That's that's what we've now. I think you can do church anytime. You can move it around, and so I'm not that legalistic. But that's what we've built into kind of the rhythm of our our life here here in America. And and I I like to be loyal and committed to going to church. And it happens to be Sunday morning. And so I don't want to be uh, making choices of do I want to watch games or go to church or, or put that on NFL fans to have to figure that out. So I definitely am, am in favor of <laughs> church over football. Um, and so that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is Sunday morning's really fun. If you are home that in, you know, you catch it at 11 or 12 when you get home from church, you, you watch the, the pregame shows. So 
to, to go back and forth. Like you're trying to get to me, the start of the, the day is at one o'clock Eastern and that's when everything gets going and it's all build up to that. I don't want to get my fantasy lineup set up before I know what's going on with the later games. So it just messes everything up. So I don't like it. So I'm out. I'm out on the London games. Well, they could do a night game and still have it in the one, like one o'clock yeah, our time slot. So figure it out. if I'm watching sports before church on Sunday morning, it's premier league though. So that that's where my loyalty I, is. I, I, I haven't can't. watched a second of Sunday morning NFL. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I just can't get into it. I'm not, I, I'm yeah. So anyway, all right, next question, Henry. You guys referenced the Thursday night games. Now, with the exception of the Charger of the Chiefs and the Chargers, every single one of these Thursday night games have been a dud, especially the last one. Did Amazon get it right by purchasing the rights to Thursday night football? So here's another take. Like, I just think the Thursday night games are it's not it's not a great setup either because we we know they have to quick the quick the quick turnaround. The, these offenses never are really clicking. They're still recovering from injuries. So many guys are questionable. They're held out. I mean, look at the Colts. They had to hold out Jonathan Taylor. If it was on Sunday, maybe he would have played. I don't know. We'll see if he plays this week. But but to me, it's just too quick of a turnaround. Now, if they built it into where teams were always coming off of a bye, I'm I'm good with that. And, and I, did we talk about that on the show? I, I talked about it with somebody recently. Um, yeah. But I love that idea, and and even if we have to wait until kind of later in the season when buys start happening, then that's when Thursday night games happen, and and then even if you have two games on a Thursday night, if if teams are coming off a buy, four teams are coming off a buy, I, I love that, and then they get the long, you know, the extended time until next Sunday's game. So that yeah. that's the the route I would go. Just just logically, if the NFL is really going to buy in now. I think all of us are pessimistic on if the NF, if it's going to last this idea to the concussion protocol protecting players with head injuries. We'll see if it's long term. But if it is, you can't th- current Thursday night setups are just not sustainable. You added an extra game and you're going to have teams playing short weeks, uh, you just can't have both. You can't do and, it. And and Shannon brings up a great point. The the contract is such a long contract. I mean Amazon owns Thursday night football. So they they've got it. They're in like, this is a key part of the NFL moving forward. So I'm talking from a fairyland standpoint of, you know, wishes and and all that kind of thing. Um, So we have to embrace it. You know, in some ways Thursday night does kick off the weekend. Um, So from that standpoint, I'm okay. But the the, the quality of the product just isn't just not as good. So there's, there's, there's no denying that, but Hey guys, the Colts won. So the Colts got the win. They are still alive. My Super Bowl prediction is still alive. We just got to get down to alive with the Colts take. You were on, I mean, hanging by a thread. Yeah, a thread, a thread. Not looking good. All right, next one, Henry. Well, all right, guys, I got one more for you. So now you've seen you've seen the pregame shows, especially where we've got the stand up segment where everybody's standing up uh, the pregame when the end of the, the Monday Night Football guys, they're all in their suits and stuff. The NBA countdown, the guys are all in their suits. But where did we go wrong where we're now wearing tennis shoes? With three-piece suits, even on Get Up Today with uh, Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark had the blazer. He had a pink blazer, which is a question in and of itself. But he had a blazer with the with the hoodie under it. What has gone on with the professional wardrobe of our sportscasters? <laughs> to me, this is a, a 
This is a great question, and I'm torn on my answer with this. I was watching yesterday, and you know, Sean Payton, he's got his tennis shoes on, and and you know, with his suit and all that, and you know, Mark Cuban does that when I watch Shark Tank, and well, we're out know, in Mark Cuban's attire as a principal. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, the t-shirt, I'm, I'm and the jeans, and the. I like his versatility. Uh, <laughs> to me, there's like something where you've like you've arrived. And you basically can do what you want. Like, so there's something said about that. But to me, like, these guys have so much money. Get a nice pair of shoes that are comfortable. Like, to me, that that's out there. <laughs> like, that, that are nice dress shoes that are also comfortable. You don't have to wear Ooh, have to tennis back. shoes, basketball shoes. Give me a break. Now, you should back. see what I'm wearing today. I ha- I'm wearing... Your Sperry's. New you're, you're, you're keeping Sperry's in business. Well, I am. I buy. Well, I get them gifted usually, but yeah, like a new pair every every year or two. The same type of Sperry's every year, every year, yeah. same one. Um, and I ride those spring and summer into fall. But I am wearing white New Balance shoes today. No, with Bryce. gray with gray pants. And I so I'm I oh, look no. like Sean Payton. It, it's not great. It's not a great. I walked into the oh, office today. Going, this is not great. You're you're borderline rocking the white Air Monarchs. Which usually is the fifty-five and older shoe. You're you're, you're walking that the realm. line. Oh, <laughs> yes. Christ! I'm in don't that do realm. it. Don't do it. Th- that shoe should be disintegrated from reality, from society. It's a horrible shoe. W- why do older guys do that? Like there, are, there are better looking shoes. You don't have to do it. I feel like people are pressured. Oh, I turned fifty-five. Guess I got to go get some Air Monarchs. No, no, it's no. It- no, and I they're not even. Are they good shoes? Like, if you're going for stability and support, there's way better shoes than Air Monarchs. But I don't even know what those are. But I just know the idea of white <laughs> shoes. But, but to me, I just think that they're because I I have a comfortable pair of nice black shoes, like that I that I wear to dress events. shoes, dress shoes that are great, that are comfortable. So like they're available, oh. and and mine aren't even that expensive. So whatever somebody else, some of these guys on TV, what they can have, come on. Nothing, it looks silly. It looks so, ridiculous on TV to have the tennis shoes. So here's my take. So I, I'm going to push back on there is a there's a large large amount of comfortable dress shoes. I mean, it's an epidemic out there. the The drop off of comfort when you go from comfortable, supportive tennis shoe to dress shoe is just it's just bad. There's no support. There's no cushion. They're narrow. They're tight. It's just really bad. So if I'm in a studio for eight hours, I'm wearing comfortable shoes. I'm going to do it. But my main point is, can we push back against broadcasters wearing suits? Okay, suits is for, maybe you disagree with this. Suits is for business, Wall Street. You're going into the corporate America. But for these guys to have to wear suits to call games, you're on ESPN, you have to wear a suit. Can we just dress more casual? Coaches have done it. Go quarter zip. Comfortable shoes. You know how I feel about that. Like, I don't understand why we have to have all these guys who talk sports, who are talking a game, they have to wear suits. It makes no sense to me. Let's dress comfortable. (laughs) It just, it it seems outrageous. I'm still in favor of Jay Wright's uh, wardrobe returning to the college basketball sidelines. I don't like that that changed. The Pat Riley uh, wardrobe returning to the NBA sidelines. Um, The. Was it Tom Landry? That's your boy. Yeah. He, he returning to the, the NFL sidelines. Uh, uh, Bear Bryant. Bring it back. Bring Times it back. Times have changed, though. It, Times have changed. Yeah, keep, keep looking sharp, baby. And then for the broadcasters, yeah, 
Look, look nice. Come on. Oh. Step it up. You, you've, you make me just want to go the opposite way. It's I don't just know. I, silly. It's silly. Like when Bear to, Bryant oh. was wearing what he wore, there was no quarter zips. Culturally, hey. he was bound to what he wore. Now we've opened our eyes to, wait, we can dress comfortable? We're allowed to do that? We don't have to wear very uncomfortable suits all day for no reason? Sign me up. Uh, guys are in studio at ESPN for eight, ten hours wearing a suit. What are we doing? You're talking. You're telling me about how Ben Simmons or how uh, Luka Doncic played today. I don't care what you look like. Yeah, there's no more authority in you wearing no. a suit. Yes. Give me your take. Yes. No. Otherwise, you're just a, you're just a regular Joe. We're we're I'm not these guys saying you have to wear a tank top and level. shorts. You can you can dress nicer, but you don't have to wear a suit. It's just kind of silly to me. Step it up a bit. But here's my experience. So when I was doing play-by-play for the football team, App State, and the basketball team, App State, we were only on college radio, okay? WASU college radio. I always wore a tie, nice button-down, oftentimes a sweater vest or a sweater. And I was always dressed, looking nice, going through the snow, having to wear my nice, my nice shoes. I didn't wear tennis shoes. I wore nice shoes for a radio the, call or the radio call. No one saw me. No one saw me except when I was going to get pizza and barbecue in the media room. That's the only time people saw me. And then walking back to my dorm, <laughs> that was, but I was dressed up, man. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm old school. I'm old school. So I don't even know why we did that, but that's what we did. We tried to, we tried to fit in, I guess. Yes. Dress good, play good and feel good. Hey, good, you got to feel like, all right, man, I'm a professional here. I'm feeling so. good if I'm comfortable. Oh, I hate wearing. Well, clothes. if if you guys ever watch ESPN in the mornings, um, like um, when they go on when uh, Keyshawn Keyshawn Max and uh, and Jay will, that's the they're they're comfortable. That's the way to do it. <laughs> they're comfortable because they're in the I'm morning show. show. <laughs> however, when the, however when when the clock turns to ten o'clock, and now you're in the prime sports uh, the sports uh, news cycle with. Uh, with the first take and Greeny and all those other guys, all of a sudden they're in a suit. All of a sudden you got you got them in the shirt, you got in the tie. Well, except for Keyshawn. Keyshawn wears a nice button down, but you'll never see Keyshawn wear go full suit though. Bryce, what about your boy Dan Patrick? You gonna push back against him? Well, he's he's on radio TV. That's fine. That's like what we're you know podcast we're doing. But, but Do you, you're doing like a TV studio show. No, that, that's when it's silly to me. Like if you're no. giving, if, tell me if you tell me what the if you're going to a nine to five, fine, coat and tie. But Ryan Clark, does he lose any credibility if he wears a quarter zip and pants? No, no. <laughs> well, now listen, listen. I love I love what you know Peyton and Eli do on Monday nights. I don't think they're on tonight. But yeah. they do the little quarter zip because it's a casual. It's like not your normal broadcast. So they, that sets the tone, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But for the for the main broadcast, step it up. You're you're part of the you're part of the main crew. So, okay. All right. Well, we could argue Let, about this all day, but but ESPN's <laughs> trying to do both. They're wearing green suits with Jordans. Okay, you you've abandoned professionalism. Speaking so of green, just suits, be comfortable. Then just be comfortable. Did you guys see Kyler Murray? Did you see the green suit that he wore? Oh no, it was not good. Look good, feel good, play good. You got it. You got to step it up. Step it up. So, all right, guys. It's not, it's not worse than Kyle Kuzma. What he wears, it's bad. Yeah, that's that's questionable too. All right, well that was fine. We got we, you come to love unpacking it as a listener. You get wardrobe advice 
We talk about Jesus. We talk sports. There you go. We, we ran the gamut today. Whatever run the gamut means, we did it. I think we did it today. <laughs> However long a gamut is, we ran the However whole long a gamut it actually Whatever is. Whatever that yeah. gamut is, yeah. The, the, yeah, that's added to our we – haven't, we haven't had a good cliche in a while. So you have, run the gamut. Have your cake and eat it. It's questionable. Oh, I did do that one. I got oh, that yeah. one in. Yeah. Okay, so that counts. All right, so that's a good one. Add that to the list. All right, for Henry, for Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We will be off next week because we will be at the Unpacking It Golf Tournament presented by Strategic Planning Corporation. We are so excited about that. Uh, you can support the, the, the ministry and the event uh, by going to unpackingit.com slash donate, and we greatly appreciate that. And we look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks. We've got the fantasy show tomorrow. Uh, lots to talk about, Fantasy Football Fellowship. So make sure you are subscribed to that, and that comes uh, out live. We, we are live, Harrison and I. 10:45 Eastern uh, on Tuesday mornings. Again, today's unpack this topic was all about anyone and everyone can win in football, uh, and and same thing in in life. Jesus died for all of us, and and so let's take advantage of the opportunity and the gift that He gives us to know Him, to follow Him, and to spend eternity with Him, and and to forgive us uh, and give us His grace. And so we uh, we praise Him for that today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries, with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.